complacency? You guys want to talk about complacency? I know, you didn't like that dirty word either. Ooh, well, okay, you want to, okay, fine. We're actually going to put it in the context of, of male complacency, right? Sure. We're a bunch of lazy suckers. It's just the truth. It started with Adam. If you go all the way back to the garden, what did he do? He sat there while his wife was deceived and didn't say anything. And then just believed her because, ooh, hot naked chick is handing me fruit. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, in my opinion, it's a male condition that started with Adam. And for some reason, he sat there and just let his wife get deceived by a talking snake or serpent, whatever you want to, you know. Oh my God. I knew the I knew the question was coming. I guess I, I don't understand how uh, the snake is necessarily a bad thing in the picture. I just need um, education. So so the Bible describes it as a serpent. Okay. We don't know exactly what kind. We just we know that it alludes to the fact that this serpent had legs at one point. So we're not 100% sure what it is, but after Adam and Eve sin, the curse falls upon all the earth, upon them, and then he cursed the serpent to crawl on his belly. A salamander. You never know. You know, so it's possible that at one point the serpent had legs, could walk, climb trees, talk apparently. Well, wait, like, okay, so after, after the, the snake... Um, gave them forbidden knowledge. How did that affect Adam and Eve? He didn't give them. That's the thing. He didn't give, yeah, he, you're right. He did not give them knowledge that was forbidden. So no point of God giving them a, a choice to make was so that their love for him wasn't robotic and forced. Because okay, how, how can you love something that forces you to love them? That's not true love. You know, it's the same way with good and evil. You can't have love without these things. You can't have, you know, everything comes down to the choice, basically. And so in order to have this true love for God, you had to be able to make a choice. Did you want to choose God? Or did you want to choose to be like God? Which is the same thing that Satan did when he wanted to ascend above God. You know, it came down to pride and wanting to be his own God. And so as he deceived Adam and Eve the exact same way, saying, you can be like God. You can know good and evil. But that, that made them mortal, right? They could have been... So yes, at the time, they were immortal. And they were created as fully formed humans. You know, so the running joke is, did they have belly buttons? You know, since they weren't born, they didn't need a feeding tube, you know. But obviously, they probably had one just because I think that's part of the design, you know. But you know, the fact that God gave them that choice, you know, is probably one of the most loving things that we can actually think of. It's because, again, how do you have true love if you don't get to make a decision for yourself? That's how we know that 
some of the Calvinistic teachings are wrong because they say that you don't actually get a choice. You are predestined and chosen, so no matter what you do, you are either going to end up in heaven or you're going to end up as damned and go to hell. You know, but there's nowhere in the Bible that actually teaches this. But Paul uses the terminology of predestination, you know, that God knew you before the foundations of the earth. You know, God can know everything, but he can still let you make the choices. Does he know what choice you're going to make? Yeah, but he's still letting you make it. That doesn't mean he's orchestrating what's going to happen. He's allowing what's going to happen. You know, he allows for natural consequences. You know, like any of us that are parents, you kind of have to let your kids do something stupid for them to really learn sometimes. You know, you can tell them until you're blue in the face, don't put your hand on the hot burner. But until they do it, do it that's when they're really going to learn. Okay, don't do that again. It really hurts. You know, so we have to allow for the natural consequences. Well, God allowed for the natural consequence of disobeying him and sinning. And that was death. It brought death into the world. And you even see the first death happen in the, be in the beginning. Because you know, God slaughters an animal to provide them with covering. That's a picture all the way to Jesus. You know, so, yeah, like you said, Adam was very complacent. And then you see all throughout... History, men being pretty complacent. And you kind of see this in the church nowadays. That's why you've seen this uptick of women wanting to be pastors and thinking, you know, it's okay. Unfortunately, the Bible says it's not. But that's a different discussion for a different time because it ticks people off like no tomorrow. You know, but it, it, it does explicitly say that they have to be a male. So <laughs> there's a whole other list of things that you got to be in order to be a true pastor elder. But like I said, we can get into that some other time. You know, but we've seen because Christian men have been so complacent and so passive in how they run their lives. You know, we're willing to take charge in our sin, go after it full force. Most of the time, we won't even take the time to go full force in our own families in leading them. And I only know that because I suck. I suck at leading my family. I've told you guys before, I can get up here and I can preach to you guys. I go home, it's very hard to preach to my wife. Because I feel like I'm not good enough to expound on the Bible to her. So I want to be passive and complacent and not lead her, but I'm called to be the head of my household as Christ is head of the church. I'm supposed to sacrifice for my family, for my wife, because it goes God, wife, kids, everything else. I know that's a little bit weird that your wife actually comes before your children, but your children are supposed to leave at some point. You're supposed to get married and leave. That's the design, you know, but we're supposed to raise them up and that requires us not to be complacent and passive, it requires us to actually be bold 
have the breath of God in us and be emboldened by it and lead. You know, you guys didn't end up here because you took charge. I mean, you could have. I've heard plenty of stories sometimes of you know, guys took charge and they had this like multi-million dollar business and it failed and they ended up here. You know, and that might even go back to what we talked about last week about going after things that we think God has for us, but not doing our due diligence to find out if that's really what God wants for us and following him in the right things. You know, so if we're not giving it to God and we're not trusting him to build it and we're just building it on our own, you know, it fails. And then usually after something fails, most of us as men, we tuck tail and we don't ever try again. And we blame somebody else. <laughs> we blame somebody else. <laughs> exactly right. I know I've blamed plenty of people for my own misdeeds. Shoot. For a long time, I blamed my ex-wife. You know, while she may have done something stupid by cheating on me, you know, I still screwed up by being, guess it, complacent and passive. I didn't lead her with crap. In fact, I idolized her. She was my God. Even though I still had this form of righteousness, thinking I'm following Jesus, but I'm not, you know, doing all the Christian-y things, going to, you know, going to church. Like, come on, honey, let's go to church. I'll never forget that I was stupid and married the person that God didn't actually have for me and allowed her to make her choices and allowed me to be passive and complacent in not leading her. I lived that life. And even now, I have to take every opportunity I can to stop being that way. And for me, it starts in the wrong place, always. I'll, like I said, I'll stand here bold and not be passive or complacent. You know, I was for a long time. It's like I said, I didn't want to do this for a long time. You know, I had this little thought in my head that I'm going to be probably either too radical because I believe what the Bible actually says and not what just pastors and teachers have made it say. You know, that's why when I talk about the rapture, I don't talk about it in the before the tribulation like a lot of people teach. I teach it like what Jesus said. It's afterwards, you know, before the millennial reign. You know, I always was just like, I'm going to be either, I'm going to be too radical or I'm going to go too far above people's heads. So I've been told I do that sometimes. But honestly, with this group, we've gotten into some deep stuff. I feel like we've hit some of this deep stuff. And I see this look in your guys' faces of things are clicking. You know? And that alone is reward enough to be doing this. So as I told you guys, I truly care about you guys. You know, it sucks today that somebody that I thought was doing amazing was helping out a lot while before he got a job. You know, he went and got a job. He was doing great. He was talking about when he was going to move out. And then today, I find something he's not supposed to have. 
and now he can't stay here. You know, that stuff's hard because I care about them. You know, it's like watching guys from our NLP program go all the way through the program and then tank it in the end. That's hard. You know, and you hope and you encourage them to go back, start again, and complete it and let it change your life. You know, guys that have been through it, like Josh, he'll tell you, it really does change your life. You know, I didn't have to go through the NLP. I didn't even know what it was till I got here and started working here. I moved here from California two years ago. I really didn't, I didn't know anything about the rescue mission. I knew about the one in the area that I lived in. When you find yourself complacent, when you are catching yourself being complacent and being passive, you actually have to see that and know that actually being complacent and passive is sin. Repent of it and do what you can in the power of the Spirit to begin leading and moving in the direction that God has created you to move in. And if that's you with a family, then you do it and you lead your family. Preaching to myself. <laughs> you know, if it's you're here and you know God is saying you need to get a job and you need to find your way out of here, trust me to lead you to that job and then trust me to find you a place to live. Don't stop working towards those things, but work alongside of me. Let me lead it. You know, Paul says, surrender your work unto the Lord. It's just like people who start churches. They all know that it's Jesus who builds the church, not them. And if it becomes about them, just like if chapel becomes about me, and the accolades that I'm getting, like, ooh, I am the best preacher in this whole building. You know? Then, it's not about God anymore. But everything in this building needs to be about God. Even when we're disciplining people for breaking policy, it doesn't need to be out of maliciousness. It needs to be out of love. Because that's what God does with His children. He disciplines those whom He loves. You know, and the discipline of God is very different than the discipline of, of the evil one. Discipline of the evil one is shame. You feel this deep shame. And you start beating yourself up like, why did I do that? Why did I give in? And you don't turn to God with it. Where discipline with God is, yes, there are consequences for what you've done. However... I'm still here with you. I still love you. And I want you to learn from this. So let me teach you. Let me teach you why that was wrong. Why you went after that instead of coming to me. You know, only God is the one that can change us. We just have to be willing to give ourselves up to him. We have to be willing to lay down our pride and let him lead us so that we aren't complacent, so that we aren't passive, so that we don't give in to sin constantly, so that sin becomes a rarity in our lives. 
instead of a constant. You know, we see with the story of Adam and Eve, you know, they got the curse, they had to leave the garden. An angel gets posted at the garden so they don't go back and eat of the tree of life. Because if they would have eaten of the tree of life after eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we'd all be screwed. We'd be separated from God on a planet, and he'd just be like, well, pff, that sucks. Created you for, for relationship with me. Instead, you're going to be on a planet that's cursed to die. You know, and now you're going to live forever because you ate of the tree of life separated from me. That is never what God wanted. It is the same way with the lake of fire. God does not want people to choose to go there. He wants them to choose to go to Him, to be with Him, to lay down their lives, follow Jesus, and give up everything for Him, just like the disciples. When Jesus said, follow me, they dropped everything and followed Him. It's the same thing He calls us to do. Jesus is the head of everything. He is God Almighty. He is Messiah. He is absolutely awesome and amazing. And we should never, ever, ever, ever want to hurt him. Because our sin already nailed him to the cross. So going back to your question, how to not be complacent and passive. Work on it. Work on it. Let the Spirit lead you. And He can lead you through anything. He can lead you to the right job. He can lead you to the right house. He can lead you to the right girl. You know, God will do anything that He can that isn't sin because God cannot sin. He is not the author of sin. It's not the author of evil, but because of free will and choice, those things exist. You know, God wants us to lead. God wants us to live lives of righteousness unto Him, glorifying Him in every way possible. And that means standing up for Him leading people to Him, and living a life full in Him. Without Him, our life isn't full. It's empty and void. Just like in the beginning, the earth was formless and void until God spoke and the light came in. God can light up the dark in your life. God can bring you out of complacency and passivity. Bring me out of complacency and passivity. You know, this group right here, we're brothers. If we're following Christ, we are brothers in Christ. We are called to hold each other accountable for the things we're doing in our lives. You know, just because I'm staff doesn't make me better than you guys. You know, we're called as staff to hold you guys accountable. However, because you guys are my brothers, 
I would expect you to hold me accountable. You know, it doesn't always have to be me going up to you going, hey man, how are you doing today? It can be the other way around. We can be there for each other. We can lock arms. We can stand together as a vast army with the breath of God in us and truly live. You know, as we follow and are led by Christ, we can lead others. So that's what men are called to be, leaders and warriors on the front lines. You know, so guys, yeah. Right now, decide if you're going to choose to follow God and follow Christ and let the Spirit live in you. That's the choice you guys got to make. That's the choice I got to make every day. We got to make that choice. Are we going to follow Jesus or are we going to follow ourselves and live for the world? Are we going to lead as we're being led? Or are we going to shrink back and tuck tail? Let me just get that sense in this room. You guys don't want to tuck tail. But that's our instinct, is to tuck tail. We have to change that. We have to train ourselves to not tuck tail. Let's be bold for Jesus, man. Let's be the leaders that people are looking for. Imagine if men of God who are following Jesus faithfully were the ones leading this country. How crazy awesome this country would actually be. Instead of taking God out of everything, we'd be putting him in everything. Not forcing him on people, but doing things the way God has ordained them to be done. We can still do that. I'm not saying Christians are going to conquer the world. We will, in the end, with Jesus, conquers everything. Because it's already his. Right now he's just letting Satan play around. Part of, it's part of the test. It's part of the choice. It has to be an antagonist. We have to either choose to follow Prince of the Power of the Air, follow Jesus. So, it's your choice. You have to make it. I can't. No one can make those choices for you. So, dear Lord. We just thank you for this time, Lord. Uh, it's probably the first time I've ever walked in here without a Bible in hand, ready to go, and talking just directly from your word. But Lord, you directed this entire moment, this entire moment in time. And Lord, we are grateful for it. I think you've done something here today. Lord, you've reached into somebody's life, into somebody's heart, down to their very soul.